0: Bridge Toll California customer service number Highway miles to the gallon Ford Focus Highland Cave rescue operation What is schema F Best wine bars in San Carlos California Best Western Hotels How old is Ronaldo What happened with Big Brother What's good engagement How long before gift? a wedding should I send out and save the dates How many in the first series Use of iMap NBA to playoffs. check email best on best other spots. email clients Identify That's fonts, fonts where from where in to find Hope Brian habit Welcome to the Voice. Prices of Search podcast. Today, we're going to learn about the skills accumulated and lessons learned from a great SEO throughout the various stops on his career. Joining us for career day is an SEO veteran who works for one of the biggest and most important companies on the internet. Raphael Auer is the global head of SEO at Mozilla, which is a company and a foundation that's mission is to ensure that the internet remains open and accessible. They're best known for producing their Firefox browser. Beholden to neither shareholders nor investors, Mozilla Corporation is wholly owned by the non-for-profit Mozilla Foundation. And prior to his role working at Mozilla, Raphael held a variety of SEO-focused roles in the media and publishing industry. This podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health backlinks and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Here's my conversation with global head of SEO at Mozilla, Raphael Auer. Raphael, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Hi, man. Nice to be here. Very excited to have you on the show. Thank you for staying up late. You are currently in Germany. I'm in the suburbs of San Francisco. It's late for you. It's early for me. And uh, let's just say I'm having my coffee. and, And what are you drinking? I'm having a beer. Good like a good German boy. It's just the 730 beer.
1: <laughs> of course, after work, even though I'm on PTO today, so I just came in to talk with you and I thought it'd be a beer is good choice.
0: Well, it's late in December. It's appropriate. I'm glad you're enjoying yourself and I really appreciate you coming in late. Let's talk a little bit about your career. Obviously, you've done very well for yourself. You have a very important role at Mozilla. Um, talk to us a little bit about the beginning of your career. How did you get into SEO?
1: At the end, like, I think most of the people back in the days, I mean, I'm, I'm not old, but it's still like, it's back in the days when we had like completely different search engines like we have today. It was just by luck and accident. So I studied, I so studied philosophy, bachelor and master, actually. And at the beginning, I really needed money to fund my studies. And I worked in construction. And I'm a tall guy without much muscles. So construction work is really hard work for me. Wiry. (laughs) Uh, But I always build websites. So it's like, it was a fun thing. Like, I don't know, I did this in school. I think my first website was up when I was 16 or something. And at some point, I found out like, yeah, I can earn money with this. Like you can put advertising on your blog. You can build like affiliate websites focusing on a small niche and doing some stuff. And visitors come from then Google. Later, it was a little bit about Facebook and stuff as well. But at the end, I cared much more about SEO. Back in the days when I started, we didn't call it SEO. I'm pretty sure the term was out there already. But I just like optimized websites and I try to earn easy money. And with easy, I mean like I can do it whenever I want. So I can study and at night I can build my websites and optimize a bit, write some codes, do some pictures, that stuff. So it was sort of a hobby. In my studies, most people laughed about me because like, yeah, they read Hegel and Goethe and stuff like this. And I was building websites and doing like crappy stuff on the internet. The internet wasn't that important
0: um now it is it's an interesting start of a career where you're a philosophy major right very much liberal arts focused and on the flip side you're you're working in construction so a very physical and demanding type of role and on the side you start working on websites right something it seems like three different parts of the brain one very theoretical one you know very sort of foundational and physical and and one sort of very technical and you know engineering focused. Why is it that you enjoyed building websites more than you enjoyed building houses? What was it about the software development process that got you interested in building websites and eventually into SEO?
1: At the end, um, I like knowledge. And the promise of the internet at the beginning was like to be the biggest and most efficient knowledge base ever built by human beings. And that was my step into the internet, of course, like was chatting with friends on MSN and messengers like this. But it was like you can read about basically any topic in the world. And search engines have been the connector to this world. Like I don't know how do you find in this millions and billions of pages the right information. And that always interests me a lot. It's like as a child, as a teenager, I hang out and, and libraries and read a lot of books i was really like bookworm do you say this in english i mm-hmm. think so um so it was really about knowledge and finding out that you can earn money with it was like an easy choice i didn't need much money it's like it was just like i don't know to pay my rent buy some beer and study right we don't have to pay so much for our studies in general.
0: <laughs> life in your 20s cheap and easy yeah exactly
1: and that's that's exactly what I did. And it was like cheap and easy. it was easy to spend money, and I was really always interested in the connection between content and technology because this was the internet about was not just like people are sharing knowledge. it was like always in a very specific point of view and way done. so it's like I don't know at the beginning, the internet was not the same like it is today' it's, it feels a Way more disconnected to me, and even though Google and other search engines are way better than they have been before, but the sheer like mass of information and content put out there is a different thing. But it was always about the connection, and so my brain works like this: if I cannot connect things I'm interested in, I get bored. I get bored pretty fast. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, seemed, it seems like there's a, a connection there between the thirst for knowledge and the understanding of philosophy and some of, the, some of your studies. You know, why is the internet interesting in general? It's the aggregation of information that people can share. Exactly. Talk to me about your, as your SEO career started, how did you get into SEO? What was your first actual role other than building websites where you actually had an SEO related role?
1: My first role was really like this job next to my studies. Like at the end, I did like freelance jobs for mostly local SEO, like the dentist around the corner, the flowerist and the butcher mm-hmm. and a real estate agent and stuff like that. So it's like I built websites, I optimized websites so they rank and I got really good money for this. It was not just like my own projects. I even had like a business. I registered it, but the real... The first real role was then at the Rheinische Post, this uh, big local newspaper in Germany. And I knew when I, when I did my bachelor, I thought about, should I really do my master or just like, I don't know, get a job? And I saw that like the Rheinische Post is searching for a head of SEO and. I was working for the university, doing some front-end work on the email clients, and that was too boring for me. So I said like, okay, what am I good at? I don't want to do my PhD. I want to go like real work and at the university, it's a little bit boring. So I remembered, hey, they have a head of SEO, so maybe they need somebody who is a little bit skilled. Honestly, I was not much of a conference visitor back in the days. So I didn't know much people. So I just wrote him on Twitter. and. We talked and we missed.
0: So you started off in local SEO, doing some consulting, some advisory work, right? Focusing on helping small businesses build their web presence. You finish your schooling, you decide you don't want to get a PhD, you're going to go into the working world. And you looked at the technical skills that you had and found a blend where you're mixing content and your engineering background. You're all self-taught here. And you mentioned you reached out to someone on Twitter. How are you packaging your services and skills? You know, how did you actually land a full time SEO job without any permanent SEO experience, right? You didn't you're basically this is your first job after school. You land an SEO role for a pretty significant newspaper in your area. That seems like a, a pretty sweet gig and it seems like something that would be relatively sought after. How'd you find that job? And and how did you actually convince someone that you had the experience to be able to do it?
1: There was really one phone call. I mean, I wrote him like a Twitter message because I knew like, okay, he's the head of SEO. I thought like, yeah, they're super huge. But I know sort of like journalism. My father's a journalist. I I wrote myself four papers. And um, it was like, yeah, there I can connect both of the things. And how I sold myself, I just like, Told him how I optimize websites and I showed him my portfolio, which have been back in the days like 60, 70 domains, all like, I don't know, with content, some more affiliate related, some more like bigger, like travel websites and so on. And he was basically sold by their ranking, they're earning money. So I know sort of what I'm doing there. And the rest of it, I never experienced like Google News SEO. He will teach me, he told me. So I mean, it was like always when you come from university, you get your first job. It wasn't like paid in the first year very good, but it was a good start. And I learned a lot.
0: But you had all of your affiliate revenue from your other sites still. Yeah, totally. So like, yeah.
1: I mean, nowadays, I don't have nearly any of the websites because like updating them constantly is like too much work, too much hustle. But yeah, it's always nice to have like a passive income on the site. And to be fair, always when you come from university, like you have to prove that you are like willing and that you're capable to learn and do. And I learned a lot there, but I did from day one a lot because I know how a newsroom works. So I know like how journalists tick because I lived for like 20 years under the roof of one. And my father is a quite well-known journalist in Germany. Um, so, or he was, um, that was like the perfect connection between like doing technical SEO and bringing like technical knowledge to the newsroom because journalists these days, and I still think that it is like in a lot of newsroom, they lack like sometimes the view of the internet as not just like, I don't know, you send out your thoughts, your articles, your news, but it's like it's back channeling as well. And they are like rules which are completely different than the rules of the print business. And when I started my, my job in publishing, uh, it was still the case. Like they have been doing mostly just journalists and they had like some social editors, but to care about how Google is managing Google news and in general, like information and how you can win with this was sort of new for this newsroom. And, um, that's why I really loved the first job and the second job as well, that you can like teach people who are already like super knowledgeable like they're really great journalists but you can teach them how to reach way more readers and the right readers as well just through caring about some technical limitations and opportunities
0: so you spent a good portion of your career working in journalism talk to me about what you learned going from Working on local SEO for yourself to being in a newsroom, and how did that help vault you forward in terms of your overall SEO knowledge? Why is media and publishing an interesting place to work?
1: That's an interesting question. I mean, doing this local SEO and doing like websites to my own really teach me the basic of SEO. And I mean, you know, every week, every month, every quarter, there's a new big hype in SEO scene. But at the end, it comes down to basics. Like if you have a basic, good, working and crawlable website and you have kick ass content, you will rank. That's the thing because people will link you and people will write about you. They will like what you have. And maybe you need some ad dollars, like to push this at the beginning. But at the end, like good content really wins. It's not the only thing, but it does. So having the basics of like how Google is crawling a website, how like on page SEO, off-page SEO, and how the connection there works was really valuable, like going with like quite a self-confidence into this new because like I came from university and I have been editors doing journalism like for twenty years. And then I had to tell them like, no, you have to write this headline different. Because Google doesn't understand what you're writing there. I mean, I don't know, back in the days when you wrote like land of like the new sun or something like this, Google doesn't understand what it's about. So like just write there what country you are talking about. And you need to, to know your stuff to go into, I don't want to say a fight, but I don't know a better English word right now, but it's like into a conversation, which is tough because they do their job as well for 20 years. And if you don't know your, things. And if you don't have quick wins at the beginning, so if you convince them, write a little bit different headlines and let's implement this. Let's like put the H1 into the breadcrumb and like write a different still journalistic one for Google and Google News. And let's keep the one you have on the website for website visitors because it's a different audience. You need quick wins. And if you get them, you need to know where to start. And that's something like when you have a variety of different websites optimized, you know where to start. And this is still today one of the most important things you can learn as an SEO, how to prioritize.
0: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google, That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. It seems like your background working in local businesses set you up for success in journalism because a lot of what you're doing is writing locally focused content, right? If you're writing a local SEO for the Berlin paper, obviously you want it to rank for people in Berlin. And so you have the understanding of local and there's also this notion of not necessarily writing evergreen content but being relevant and being able to rank quickly eventually you move into you you move you've moved away from media and publishing you've had a couple of different stops talk to me about the path moving from your first seo job what were some of the other roles that you took that led you up to mozilla
1: yeah after the Rheinische post where I've been like just an seo editor I started basically the SEO team at Spiegel Online, which is one of the biggest publishing houses in Germany. And honestly, don't ask me how I got this job. I still don't know it. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, some of their like product teams and editors came around because like there's a huge connection in the publishing business. Everybody knows everyone and. They heard that we are doing quite a good job in Google News. And in general, like in Google Optimization, they wanted to talk about us, about Adobe Analytics, Google Analytics. So we talked with them. They said like, yeah, we need an SEO. So they hired me and I started my own team at Spiegel Online. And it was like one of the most fun times. Um, And my team have been just journalists. I teach them SEO and they have been awesome at journalism. And that's always like what I... And how I wanted to do that. It's like, I don't know, have an SEO mind, but don't over SEO things. Because like, a publisher is a publisher. And evergreen content should be still journalism as well. That's my mindset. Because at the end, you have one audience and you get it from different platforms and different sources and funnels. But at the end... You need like people who want journalism. So don't write about like everything, write about journalistic views, but journalism can do way more than just like the news. Evergreen content is for journalism, the same importance. Like, I don't know, most big publishing houses, for example, in, in your country, the New York Times has one of the largest archives in the world. And there's so much knowledge inside and optimizing this then is again, like a technical task. That you need journalists organizing this with you. It is not just like okay, build out some folders or topic pages and make it crawlable. It is about make it usable as well so you need you ask people, you need journalists and you always need an SEO to look at it and so it is really working for research at So what I really was interested in and what I learned is how to not just like organize in my way in a technical content way information, but how to do it like so it is really a value to society. Like moving to one of the biggest publishing players in Europe and therefore in the world as well, was the biggest challenge in my career. Because I need some new thoughts. Do you say that like that? It's like, it's so huge. And there's so much information was like built 1948 or something. So like the whole new Germany is in the archive there. And building this out with all these stakeholders, with everyone having an opinion about it, moved myself way more from like doing technical stuff, having an opinion about content and writing content into a management role, into like really managing in huge parts knowledge and what which visitor sees when. And that's still very important for SEO as well.
0: So tell me a little bit more about that transition. In your first role, you're you're getting your operating experience, right? You're learning the technical things and again, getting an opportunity to work in journalism, do optimization, figure out what gets you into Google News, figuring out what works. And in your second role, you move to a managerial role. What were some of the challenges that you faced and what were some of the skills that you had to develop? Patience.
1: Patience. I'm still working on that. Like when you're an expert and you do stuff like on your own website or just call a client or something, you have to make one person happy. But the more stakeholders and the more people really like, I don't know, being passionate about their products, you're working on as well. What you need to learn is like real management skills. Even though in my first job at Rheinische Post, I haven't been a manager. I was just the editor. It was like managing because everybody was sort of a manager for their type of role in the newsroom. Because like, In minutes, we had to do a decision on headlines. And I was writing all the headlines there, like for SEO. We had two different types of headlines. And moving to Spiegel Online, I was really a manager. I had a team. At the end, I even had two teams because I did web analytics as well. The editorial part, at least. And you have to figure out like how people tick. You have to figure out what is the real interest of other stakeholders because... Sometimes like you just get them wrong and you want the same thing, but you articulate in a different way or you talk in a different way because you have completely different point of views because mine obviously is a more technical point of view. So really figuring out how to get everyone in a room, talk things through and yeah, move to HR, move to Scrum, do seven sheets, all of that stuff to really figure out what's everyone's view on the thing. And how can we leverage all these points of view to build the best product for our users? That's always like a challenge as well. As an SEO, you write for robots and people think like you spam the internet via robots. But at the end, you're most of the time really an advocate for users because people searching for something show way higher intent and people just clicking on a link on Facebook, let's say, or on Twitter or Pinterest or something like that, that's valuable traffic as well. But the intent is not completely clear. The intent usually at, at like search traffic is pretty clear. And when you know the intent and what people are doing, you can optimize a website way better. And that's like... It's difficult. It's not just data-driven, but data can help you a lot with leveraging it. So management skills and understanding statistics, user needs via data. I would say that was the biggest challenge. And while doing all of this, being patient, because it takes a lot of time. You have to convince a lot of people not knowing what you're even talking about. And sometimes you ask yourself, do I know what I'm talking about? So, you have to be really confident all the time, even though you're not completely sure. But trust your way and don't be like hesitant to fail sometimes. Just like don't fail at your first gig.
0: I think, you know, going from being an operator to a manager is A, some of that is just inherent talent. And it doesn't surprise me that you made that transition smoothly, just thinking about what your background was going from you know, a philosophy major to working in a relatively technical field in SEO, you clearly are able to use, but the left and the right side of your brain. So the communication skills matched with the technical skills, like that's challenging for a lot of SEOs to bridge that gap. Eventually in your career, you move outside of the publishing space into your existing role. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Mozilla and why was this the right place for you?
1: What am I doing? It's like I'm doing SEO for Mozilla. I'm sitting in marketing. That was like the first time in marketing. I think like, I don't know, one of the first questions you wanted to ask me is like, how did you get started in marketing? Actually, I'm working in marketing since now two years nearly. Like In February, will be two years at Mozilla. And that's my first marketing job. But I don't see it just as a marketing job as well. Like the whole marketing department at Mozilla is doing way more than just marketing. It is the same like in publishing. It's like, yeah, of course, it is marketing. You you market like your content of your publishers, of your journalists, but at the end, it is more, it is important. And that's what I'm doing here as well. I'm really like into the mission of Mozilla. It's like Mozilla is the player on the web, like producing a lot of code in open source and always with the whole society and the whole internet and accessibility in mind. So we're not just like building products, but we try to make the internet a little bit better place. Like journalism tries to to build transparency for societies. So I want to use my skills and my knowledge, not just like to earn money and have a good career, but to do something, what is my interest, what excites me, but what is at the end good for all of us. And Mozilla felt like the right place because I wanted to go bigger. I really like big websites. And even though most know us just for our browser, at the end, we have so many websites and they're all together so huge. I think haref had lately a study and mozilla.org is the 30th biggest linked domain on the internet. By traffic, I think we are like 110th Place or something like that because there's a lot of interest in the browser, a lot of problems, a lot of open source code, a lot of stuff to learn our developer network. For example, like you can learn HTML, CSS and I think JavaScript. So it's a lot of content, a lot to organize. And as you listened before, I like to organize good content for a good cause. And it's a huge player. I like the mission and I like the challenge because when I started, we had like, a lot of problems with international SEO. And that was something I always wanted to go to. And for a German publisher, they have like Spiegel Online has... Or it's now just the Spiegel. They moved their brand. They have an English like part of the website as well. But it, it is not huge. I wanted to do SEO languages I do not even understand. Sometimes I just like to overwhelm myself. So that's why why it was like the right move. It was very sad because a great team and I love Spiel Online and I still miss my colleagues, even after two years. It was really not a not an easy choice. But at the end, you have to grow. It's like I said before, I get bored when I know what I will do the whole day.
0: So I I can connect the dots in terms of understanding why you'd be interested in Mozilla. One of the things that is interesting to me is how it's sort of a foundationally different SEO challenge where you're working in media publishing. You know, A lot of the content that you're producing is quickly consumed content. And then going into Mozilla, I actually didn't think there would be a ton of content. I thought it was a browser and an email client and more like, hey, we've got these five to 10 products and we have a blog. Why is there a lot of content on the Mozilla site? And how is Working on what you do now, different than media and publishing.
1: Yeah. Like you said, it's like the fastness is completely different. Like you have to do decisions in journalism sometimes in minutes because like you want to be fast. You have to be fast. People want to be informed. You want to keep them off like from fake news sources, which like, I don't know, directly write something when something happens. You want to give them the right information as fast as possible. That was the challenge in journalism. That's not the challenge right now anymore. But yeah, there's a lot of content. There's, for example, like the subdomain developer.mozilla.org, which is like a huge knowledge base for developers, where it's basically every function in HTML, CSS, and JavaScript explained. And we have examples there that's tons of content. And because... Mozilla's mission, like you said before in introduction is like accessible for all internet, the free internet accessible to all. We have a huge community. So it is not just like the foundation and the corporation. There's a huge community, Mozilla community translating all of these articles and websites. And so it is tons of content in, I don't know, nearly 100 languages. And that makes it complex and I like complexity and I like to reduce it and make it usable for people all over the world, even for like small locales where there's maybe a community of three people and in general, not much people are living in, I don't know, tell me a small country, Latvia or something like Mm -hmm. this. still like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure most of our important pages are translated into Latvian as well. Let me check that later. So not <laughs> um, something which isn't true right now, but that's super interesting. And to work with people like who voluntarily work for your, not company, but for your mission and translate marketing content and knowledge-based content and even code. Like Still, we get a lot of contribution in code. And that's awesome. So it's a feeling of doing the right thing and still learning so much about SEO. I never did international SEO before, and as everyone will confirm, it's a hell. <laughs> I'm not sure why Google still hasn't figured that out. If they would completely figure out languages and would not have a problem there, we would not have to work so hard to get it right. Yeah, it's honestly something. It feels a little bit like I don't know the beginning of SEO, where you could spam. You can like spam with every mechanic in the algorithm. But mostly you did it because Google doesn't understand what you're doing there. And so you have to translate it to a small technical child. And international SEO feels a bit like that. But once you have it right, you see that your content is scalable. Wow, it's amazing.
0: Lots of new challenges in the new role. Uh, the last question for I have you is, as you look back on your role, you started off as a philosophy major. Uh, you got your master's eventually transitioned into SEO from a hobby, a side business, it became your career for the philosophy majors that are out there for the people that have, you know, different interests that are outside of SEO, but are considering getting into the field. Uh, You know, you've obviously had a successful career and this was not your original intent. What advice do you have for people that are early on their SEO career to try to have the same type of success that you've had?
1: I think the most important part is always be curious. If you don't like something, you can make a career, but you will not be happy while doing that. So find your career where your real interest is. And don't be afraid like, to change your career sometimes. Like yeah, changing from philosophy to SEO, even though I did go, but I did, of course, more university and more philosophy than I did SEO back in the days. When you're curious, when you're interested, when you're burning for field, just go for it and you can teach yourself so much. Like it's awesome. And I met so many great SEOs showing me so much things about management, so much about like, I don't know, tricks and tips, but at the end you can teach yourself, but reach out to skilled people. Most of the people really like to give advices and. They will talk to you, even the big names. Reach out to me. It's like write me on Twitter or something and I will try to help you. The community sometimes is a little bit weird, but most of the time it's really helpful.
0: It's one of the reasons why we do this podcast is the SEO community is one that is a vibrant and active and also very welcoming. Right, SEOs just generally try to share best practices. It's one of the things that I appreciate and I've really sort of, learned while doing the Voices of Search podcast. Well, Rafael, I I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you telling us about your experience. You've clearly had a lot of success and uh, I love the mission that you're working on. And thanks for being our guest on the Voices of Search podcast.
1: Thank you, Ben. It was a pleasure talking with you.
0: So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at Ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, and that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Raphael Auer, uh, head of global SEO at Mozilla. If you'd like to learn more about Raphael, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You could shoot him a tweet. His handle is Our, R-A-U-E. Again, it's R-A-U-E, Our. Or you could visit his company's website, which is Our.IT, rau If you have general marketing questions, if you'd like to talk to me about this podcast, or if you're interested in being a guest on the Voices of Search podcast, you can find my contact information in our show notes. You can send me a tweet. Our handle is Voices of Search. Or you can reach out to me personally. My handle is ben J. Schaap, Benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed soon. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data.